This episode of the Check Out This Record podcast is brought to you by GuitarExclusive.com. Visit now for buying guides, reviews, and more. GuitarExclusive.com. There, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Rock, Rock, Rock and Roll podcast. Check out this record. My name is Frank, and with me is my good buddy, Mark. Hey, 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 Frank! And hello, dear listeners. That was beautiful. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcast, and you can see these mugs on YouTube. But when does this wonderfully charming little podcast get released so you can hear it sizzle? As we take it off the presses, great question. Thanks for asking. Fortunately for you, we drop new episodes every Friday for your listening and fellas for your viewing. Pleasure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you're hearing us for the first time, then you're probably not annoyed with us. Yay. So um, we review time. records. Yeah, give us time. We review records track by track, and we have a lot of musical discussions. We do spotlight episodes, which might even include some mysteries. And we've just scratched the surface, so we are just getting warmed up. I wrote the word baby in there in the hopes that you would say, baby, we're just getting warmed up. Uh-huh. Baby, we're just getting time. warmed up, Mark. Oh, that's what I like. Be sure to check out our verse series where we'll pit two bands against each other and make them duke it out for something we like to call total stereo domination. Oh, man, that was good. Thank you. And if you need a drink of water after that, I totally get it. I uh, It's empty. I forgot to fill it up. That's <laughs> right. We're doing it. If I get parched. <laughs> be sure to check us out on instagram facebook group hopefully these episodes will leave you wanting more of our musical goodness and mark's random nonsense now if you have a record you want to check out drop us a comment where you find us like and subscribe so i'm gonna say this to you mark mm. magnified plaid who years 1998 to 2001 mm. was a period in time where i personally think magnified plaid i.e mxpx created oh. their best work so are you ready, Mark? I know you are to talk about mm-hmm. this long-standing and tenured pop punk band and tell the good people out there how you first found out about them. I have no clue. <laughs> it was probably a comp or a mix CD with like punk rock show on it or something uh, or responsibility on it. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I remember thinking they were yeah, all right before I caught wind of like the whole religious overtone things uh, that were kind of all over the, the earlier stuff. Um but yeah, uh, I have no idea where I found them, but I'm, I'm ready to get into the episode. <laughs> All right. Well, like always, Mark, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll discuss how we got to this point right now. Uh, okay. In short, MXPX goes back to 92, believe it or not, and Bremerton, Ooh. Washington, where Mike Herrera, Yuri Ruli, and first guitar player Andy Houston uh, were just 15 years young, which is crazy oh. to think about. Uh, the name originally, Magnified Plaid, was on their posters, and it was abbreviated M. P with the X's acting as the periods, and thus we have MXPX. Um, you know, the first record, Poconacha, 
came out in 94 on Tooth and Nail Records, hence the religious overtones. And in 95, Husted was replaced by Tom Wisniewski. And we have the second album, Teenage Politics, with that moderate hit punk rock show, which is where we could have first came across them. And in 96, Life in General with songs like Chick Magnet, Doing Time, Middle Name. Um, Mark, were you at all a frequent listener to these records? Uh, if not, did you enjoy the hits? Uh, this really kind of helped, especially Life in General helped gain the band momentum. Yeah, so not really a fan of the early records as I touched on. As as for the hits, uh, they're okay. Part of the problem is I, I don't care for Mike Herrera's singing style. Uh, it's very much on point with the style and the times. Right. It's just the style of singing I never really cared for, but girls were willing to go to these shows, so I went with them. So the occasional tune is cool with me, um, but more than a few in a row and and uh i'm over the band pretty sharply pretty quick so this was a tricky week for me listening to all of the uh the records you had lined up for this one bud i know it's a challenge mm -hmm. and that's why i threw it at you hey <laughs> so in 97 the band received a distribution deal with a&m records and resulted in a joint release uh between hey, that hey. to the nail hey 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 of the next record 1998 slowly going the way of the buffalo uh, the title derives by a letter a fan had written to them in reference to the band changing their ways. Uh, the mm. band here was trying to go for a dirtier sound and didn't want the album to sound like it was produced in a lab. Uh, now, Life in General, uh, the previous record, is a favorite among the fan base. But I think this is a point where the band started uh, to get going with my personal favorite tunes, hence why I started with this time period. Mm -hmm. uh, Mark, you put on Slowly Going Away the Buffalo what are you thinking? What are you liking? What are you not liking? Give it, give it to me. Yeah. So slowly going the way of the Buffalo sounds like kind of perfect for pop punk of, of this time period. Musically. I like that. It's got a bit more uh, distortion and you can hear a lot of that inspiration that the descendants really had on them. Uh, the hooks are pretty clean uh, and uh, typically pretty catchy, but some of them can come across as corny and they're those, are the songs with lyric content based around uh, the group's religious preferences uh, that were a big part of uh, their ability to work. Um, uh, excuse me, it was a big part of their ability to catch an audience uh, in the Christian uh, punk slash rock scene um, that is uh, that I was not a part of, nor do I, I care for uh, those songs in particular. Uh, we'll, we'll cover at least one of them if I remember correctly. Um, Correct. Yes. You know, I, I do take issue anytime uh, a, a style or genre of music starts with the word Christian. Uh, I always feel it's an unfair opportunity for them to hijack an entire genre of music uh, instead of just playing gospel music, which is uh, by all definitions what they are playing. They just happen to be playing a faster and louder version of that, which happens to sound a lot like something else. But uh, you know what? That's up to them. I, I don't care that they bastardize it in the name of uh, their false god. That's fine. Um, anyways, um, I'm just saying, uh, don't sell me gospel dressed up as punk rock or metal. Uh, that's an absolute other joke in itself or rap. Um, I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> so let me add, uh, as being someone who if people are hopefully they are listening from from day zero with us i have a complete 180 view with things on mark but i agree with him here uh there are certain styles of music where particular messages um for particular messages i.e gospel i.e church music right uh, i prefer mine to have universal messages and i think uh, i think you agree mark right to have appealed to everyone that 
goes mm-hmm. through life. Uh, the segmenting really, I think, alienates a crowd. And I know that they were yeah. young at the time. I get it. Uh, yeah. but that includes um, those who are on the opposite of what or even Herrera was saying. It's something I'm not overly in love with because, you know, I you can make the argument that the other way of life is also a set of beliefs. Anytime the set of beliefs come into play, uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, a good songwriter, what they would do, Mark, is they create the imagery and leave it up to the listener for the interpretation, right? Yeah. Which fits the mold of being more universal. And granted, I know they're young here. I know yeah. they're young here. Um, but that's kind of my view. So believe it or not, very in sync with that because I, I think it should be universal, right? And uh, we should interpret it. As yeah. is. And if you want that music, which is cool, go to go to mass, you know, go to church. Yeah. So instead of going track by track, because we're, we're handling kind of a lot of you know, records a here. Lot. A lot. A lot. A <laughs> lot. Uh, let's do something different. I'm going to kind of pick some tracks that I enjoyed throughout uh, throughout the time of me listening to these records and uh, just get let's get your thoughts. So, Mark, you ready? Sure. Mm-hmm. OK, cool. So the first track from Slowly Golden Way of the Buffalo under lock and key. I happen to like this as an opener. I think it's very rough sounding, although still young. I think Herrera is singing a little bit more forcefully here. Mark, did you like this uh, as an opener or uh, should they have cut out this track list and maybe kept kept it under lock and key? <laughs> I like what you did there. Uh, it's punchy and aggressive right out of the gate. I like the energy, like really from the go. I really like this energy. That said, uh, once we get into him actively singing on the chorus, his voice uh, turns to uh, nails on a chalkboard for me. Uh, lyrically, it's a song you'd expect out of a teenager. Uh, and it works for the most part. I, I think it's a decent opener. Like I said, uh, his voice has always been a problem with me. And when he's when he's actively trying to sing, especially in these very early records, that um he doesn't carry a tune that great he's not great at those longer notes and it really just it just wears on me but otherwise i like the song right right um leads me into the next track too which is mm-hmm. i know the one uh, you were referencing earlier of course tomorrow's another day uh you know listen at 19 well that's what they say <laughs> go ahead i'm teasing i know no 1920 you know years old hearing this and hearing the I don't want to let my life fly by. I mean, that it hits you. It hits you. And I'm not, listen, it's not so lyrically profound um, as it is punk rock, but you know, it's a super popular song among the fans. And Mark, do you think this is one song that people can find relation to with the tomorrow's another day bit? And I don't want to let my life fly by. Yeah, It's definitely a little, uh, overly generic for the most part up until he tells you about God. In, in my opinion, I feel like there wasn't a lot of detail that that sold you on why he wants to live another day or why there was another day. Uh, I like everything about the song except for the lyrics and, and their delivery. Uh, that said, I absolutely understand why people would connect with this song. It's got a, a killer tempo, uh, a positive message for the most part. Um, or, I mean, not for the most part, it's got a positive message, right? Um, and that's what most people are, you know, certainly at the time we're looking for. Uh, I'm just not one of those people. It's kind of funny to me that uh, that the song is about how tomorrow can be a better day, but he knows the person he's directing this song to isn't going to listen to him. And you can really feel that in that last few lines. Um, I know that feeling, but I'm, I think for what he's going for, it kind of makes um, anything he had to say kind of mean nothing within the song. Um, just because, you know, that last line is, I know that you're not listening. So it's like, well, what the fuck are you wasting your breath for? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's this opportunity that like for us to connect with him, 
only for him to say, well, I'm, I'm talking to somebody else who's not listening. And that doesn't work for me. I think it, I think it kind of flattens the, the message and the meaning of the song. Right. But again, this is way better than anything I would have written at, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Uh, I'm almost 40 now. So through there, <laughs> it's still better. <laughs> yeah. Again, the context is that they were so young. I mean, yeah. And, and I'm trying really hard to give them that benefit of the doubt as we go through this, folks. I'm not trying to make apologies for him. I'm going to I'm going to rip this as I would anybody else. But at the same time, I'm willing to acknowledge this dude was super young when he wrote this. Yeah. yeah. And it's impressive. Absolutely. And the output, too. I mean, just constantly songs, writing songs, yeah. writing songs. It's it, it is impressive. Um, three, the final slow dance. This is actually one of my favorites. And I personally feel it's underrated. It's super short. It's a basic pop punk love song. But I've always loved the second verses, how how um, and the second chorus, how it got faster. Mark, do you feel one of these? Do you feel that this is one of those stellar tunes from this album? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I really dislike this track. Once you get past that first voice, Mike's singing style, if, if we're going to call it that, sounds like he's uh, reading it uh, in, in front of a class for the first time. A bit like the way I'm reading right now. Um, <laughs> no. Um, plus, I really hate that uh, quote. Uh, am I running out of time or am I at the starting line? It's just too cheesy for its own good. Uh, then he finishes each choruses with the phrase, uh, I'll tell you, honestly, no one wants to spend eternity alone. Um, that line bothers me because he's telling me or whoever the song is for um, how they want to spend eternity. And and I'll tell you, honestly, that's none of his fucking business. <laughs> now, just to play devil's advocate on that. Sure. If there if this song, say, was based on a conversation and a relationship between two people mm -hmm. and they both kind of agreed on that statement and then this is the way it came out. We could argue that this could go back to the fact that the the age thing and maybe not knowing how to craft the the, the song properly, right? Because that then kind of takes on a new meaning. And the age could be the thing here that we're experiencing, right? Yeah. Now, but, now and, and I think, it, yeah, absolutely. But I think that that opening line, I'll tell you honestly, Mike does what a lot of um, liars do, which is profess how honest he's being. And I can't help but notice how often he's telling you that he's going to tell you the truth right. or that he's being honest. And, and typically, what do we know about people who do that? It's that they, they don't. But again, right. this it's, is they a teenager. They say that because, right, okay. Right. Be okay. Well, they say that typically because they're lying. Right. But as a teenager, maybe he genuinely believed that. Maybe yeah. he did. But at the same time, and, and again, this is going to go back to what I feel are them pushing their beliefs on us. And it's a little bit more vague. I don't believe in eternity, right? What are we going to do for eternity? Right. There's not enough records for eternity. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe there's enough records for eternity. Maybe but there could be, there could be, there could be. It's just a lot of jazz that we don't like. <laughs> so I don't, you know what? It's, it's one of those songs. I, I, again, I get why people are into it. Context, singing style and delivery. I, I just can't get into it. Right. Right. No, no, I hear you. I hear you. Um, the, fourth track is the single from the record i'm okay you're okay i think this is the first song i may have caught wind of uh from them to be honest with you uh the okay. single um uh, and i say that right here there you go <laughs> uh, actually <laughs> i think this is one of their better singles if you're going to stack it against the singles but okay. i could see how people could get tired of the uh course's repet uh, repetition uh with the i'm okay you're okay and all that stuff uh mark what, what do you say here yeah i love uh 
the sound of this song. It's catchy and fun. That said, this song is about his insecurities while he's presumably on the road. I mean, I'm guessing here. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure as a young dude was was tough, but the, the repetition can be wearing on the listener. Uh, just don't listen to this song more than like twice in a row. Otherwise, I thought it was fine. And I agree with you. It's probably one of their better singles. Right. Better of the singles for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, track five, Cold and All Alone. Uh, another fast kind of signature sound. It was actually the opening song when I saw them um live uh mark after nice. listening to this are, are you revved up or do you actually want to be cold and all alone <laughs> i wouldn't say i'm revved up but i'd prefer not to be cold and all alone uh but since all uh teenage mike harris seems to be able to do is not understand people who are far away and act like a teenage boy about it uh and i'm not thrilled about that to be honest um <laughs> but I, I i'm always happy to be where you are buddy oh thanks man thanks yeah, you're welcome and I'm assuming musically you, you you're OK with this song. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like I, I hate to say this, folks. It's kind of the same critique. Musically, these guys rule. Right. They've got that sound, that pop punk mm-hmm. sound really down. And even as we're uh, moving on here, we get to the B-sides uh, and we get a little bit more of kind of a hardcore old school sound from them. Uh, they still do that really well. So it seems to me like they've kind of got two gears, but both of those gears are spot on. As right. Long as he's not singing. <laughs> now although these were all in order of the record the tracks i just mentioned uh, those were just my favorites i wanted to, to chat about and discuss with you uh, the rest of the album is a combination of lighthearted pop punk tunes such as party at my house uh mixed with some series at the time for their uh, teenage years for uh, songs like for always and invitation to understanding there are some really faster tunes like fist first tact and inches from life uh mark i i know you want to chat about the last track the theme fiasco but your thoughts real quick overall on the album and uh, how do you like it or not like listening to it in full, all that good stuff. Yeah. I think what's most important to understand is these dudes were, were just so super young uh, when they put this together. Uh, and while the band uh, band's playing is typically up my alley, the collective age of the band really shows lyrically and vocally, which which serves to pigeonhole uh, the record uh, to me as a record for teenage boys who uh, aren't all that rebellious Uh, but like to be a little bit preachy, which is most teenage boys. Um, So the theme fiasco is 100% (laughs) the best song on this album for two reasons. Uh, One, uh, zero vocals, uh, which means zero lyrics. Uh, I love that. Two, it's clearly a tribute to the themes uh, on the Descendants albums uh, that came before it, and they do a great job of capturing that sound and experience and making it their own and exploring that sound. Uh, I don't mind the screaming at the end either, in fact, I, I wish they would have gone this way sonically as a band and we could have seen more of it. We do get a couple glimpses uh, as we progress through this. But yeah. I really wish this had been a little bit more of a focus because the musicality of this band is always been there. They're great musicians. Right. I just think this dude writes like a fucking teenager. <laughs> and because he is. Right, right. I'm sorry that I don't want to listen to Teenage Boys anymore. I'm almost 40. (laughs) And, you know, I just uh, thought of something, too. I was I stand corrected when I saw them live. It wasn't cold and all alone that they went into that after they actually opened with theme fiasco. I remember. that. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it was that. Uh, It was pretty cool, as you can imagine. And then they went right into cold and all alone. Um, 
this album actually, believe it or not, I think it's the favorite from their catalog. And I say that just because they were able uh, to, in context to them, mature after the previous three releases. Uh, there's a little bit of a darker tone, and, and you could hear some of that grit and dirt. Uh, maybe, you know, listen, 16 tracks, but it is a punk record, right? And there are some tunes I can personally do, do without. However, I do think um, it, it holds up. And Mark also in... Uh, you know, as we get past slowly going the way of the Buffalo, we, we mm-hmm. get to 1998 now and we get the B-sides record, Let It Happen. I know it's mm-hmm. a lot of tracks, Whew, a lot of tracks. But Mark, what, mm-hmm. what, uh, what stood out to you here? Holy crap, this thing is forever long. Uh, Mike, I'd rather spend eternity alone uh, than <laughs> listening to this thing cover to cover again. Uh, speaking of covers, I didn't realize how many covers they do kind of half-hearted. Uh, which is a bummer. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's a fucking ton, apparently, of kind of we're going to do a lot of covers that, that maybe don't necessarily work for them because really they should have had two guitars for many of them. And and probably, as you've heard me complain so far and will continue, uh, should have had uh, another singer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think on Let It Happen, there's there's some fun stuff. And you get covers like Sick Boy and O'Donna, really young yeah. here when they're performing these. But I feel, my opinion, the mm-hmm. real meat and potatoes is the Small mm. Town Minds EP, which contains the track Small Town Minds, First Class Mail. I think First Class Mail is a killer tune. Uh, Can't See Not Saying, uh, GSF, which is Girls Schmurls fan club or something like that which obviously shows their age and thoughts and ideas the song uh so mark uh your thoughts and ideas did you like these or am i just kind of reveling in my 19 20 year old self here and clinging on to nostalgia (laughs) i don't know that you're uh strictly sticking to nostalgia because uh those songs in particular are pretty interesting choices the small town minds ep is kind of cool because musically it's a pretty straightforward almost kind of hardcore punk rock right uh, album you know ep um so hearing them really embrace that sound is kind of cool like i said you get that that two position we can really see that they can they can drive in this gear really well um uh, which i think uh his voice works actually kind of better for uh this style of singing uh because it comes across a little less whiny Mm. uh the thematically it it it's what you know right gsf is a little more classic sounding mxpx but with all that time uh to hear what he's saying he does show his age again by telling us he's 19 and that (laughs) girls aren't good anymore anyways i um you know he's part of the he-man woman haters club because you're 19 and you're supposed to and you know and kids suck at that age and i'm you know i mean listen listen being in that age and i related mm-hmm. to the song at that age and sure. there was a girl who was completely shitty to me and that's what you would think right you're like yo this song does relate now obviously listen he's yeah. older he's married he's got kids he's got a funny yeah. story with being married too on the side note i think it's that uh because i'd listened to his podcast and i think it was that his wife's favorite band was the ataris and mm-hmm. her boyfriend at the time was like oh well you know we for some reason can't go to their show in texas but do you want to go to mxpx and she's like all right and then she goes there and meets mike so anyway but yeah i mean when you're 19 and like say a girl breaks your heart for what you would think a girl to be you're gonna be like the girl schmurls girl schmurls club (laughs) anyway listen in 99 we get at the show a live record Mm -hmm. uh which is not streaming uh but i do own it on the old compact disc Uh, it's produced by our favorites, uh, mm-hmm. Stephen Egerton and Bill Stevenson, uh, produced the by them of the Descendants, and features, I think, a 
pretty good mix of the song. Some to note are uh, two tracks from their first LP uh, song, Time Brings Change and Walking By, which are more uh, updated in a cover of the Ramones' KKK Took My Baby Away. Uh, I actually think it's a fun record. Mark, anything to note here? Yeah, I, I really like this record. Look, the band sounds really great and everything feels cranked up and over the top. I wish we could have seen because this was recorded over two nights. Right. I'd love to know what were the breakdowns between the nights, but that's just me, you know, like in a dream world, every live album is just one night and that's yeah. real experience. Right. Yeah. Totally. But I think this is, Hey, two, two great nights that they were able to get together. Sound really good. Um, the production value here is good. The band sounds tight. It's fast. The vocals are a little distorted, so it doesn't bother me too much. Right. Um, you know, it, it was a fun time. My, my wife and I found this on YouTube. Yeah, just I know. kind of sat there and kind of enjoyed remembering what shows in 2001 or 2002 really felt like. So, yeah, yeah. I think it does a great job of capturing that. Definitely. Yeah. Maybe someday we'll get on Spotify so we could listen to it more. You know, <laughs> So we're now in the year 2000 uh, and we have the major label backing. Um of of the band of AM fully and we get the broken bones ep uh and the studio album of course the ever passing moment uh which is actually coming up mark's ironically recovering this it's coming up on his 21st birthday mm-hmm. um the broken bones ep has four songs it's not streaming also uh, it was only released on cd and vinyl i like the ep because even though we have a major label record coming out uh very soon these songs are quick and fast and i think some of the bands, again, better work. Uh, I like the sing-along aspect of the song Broken Bones and its catchiness, Make Up Your Mind, and the fury of uh, their song Time and Season. Mark, are, are you feeling the same here with these songs? What's your thoughts on the Broken Bones EP? Yeah, I hate to say this, but these feel like the same to me as the the last EP. <laughs> it's got a little more of that kind of classic <laughs> pop punk feel uh, with some more hardcore influences to it. That single apart is probably one of the better bits of their catalog. I think that's a really fun song. And it's actually, um, it's probably high. If I were making you an MXPX state, right. that's, that's probably the second or third track. So Okay. Okay, cool. So you found, yeah. you know, one you, you, you like in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get the ever passing moment. It gained lots of attention for the band. This is, of course, I saw them that same show. Uh, it was two weeks before the album came out, actually with the Hippos and oh. Goatee Hook, uh, which was a great show. So mm-hmm. this record, it was produced by the late and great Jerry Finn, who also produced a slew of records, Mark, uh, that that we like. Uh, Dookie, Insomniac by Green Day, Dear You by Jawbreaker, and Out Come the Wolves uh, by Rancid, Destruction by Definition by the Suicide Machines. Hell yeah. Uh, he's produced The Living End, Super Drag. Wait, nice. His list keeps going, keeps going. I remember reading a piece in uh, AP Magazine that this record um, and – uh, Herrera says that he was listening to this year's model by Costello for influence, which we'll get to soon. Um, I think it was their attempt to kind of slow things down a little bit because and, and we have some we have some special appearances here by Dave Grohl and Stefan Egerton playing guitar on a track. Uh, Mark, before I highlight some here, what's your initial thoughts on them having this kind of uh, I felt it was a bigger sound. Maybe that's just because of the A&M full backing. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think, Mark? Frank clearly just read that my first sentence was. Is it a bigger sound? Um, it sounds more polished for sure, but not necessarily bigger to me. Um, I think that sonically it's a bit more mature, uh, but overall it's, I wasn't terribly impressed. So here's some of the highlights I, I picked yeah. out. We have My Life Story. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I think it's one of my favorite songs and, and I think it's a good opener. Uh, it's a simple structure, simple lyrics, of course, about letting a you know close one down. I happen to get just some vibes here, little pieces of this year's model. Uh, Mark, mm-hmm. did you get any of that at all? 
No, not at all. Um, <laughs> if anything, it feels a little bit like he's borrowing uh, quite heavily from Social Distortion Story of My Life. Because you just turned um, the words around, really. <laughs> it's just kind of an awkward song to me. Uh, he opens by saying he's sorry uh, and wouldn't lie, right? We, we, we've been down this road already, right, Frank? Uh, but then he goes on listing excuses like he's Jake Blues at the end of the Blues Brothers when <laughs> Carrie Fisher has him at gunpoint, right? It's that same scene, except it's not funny here. Uh, it's comical, but when you add the kind of like self pity lyrics to, to the song, the whole thing, just, Mm -hmm. it feels a bit too much for me. Um, you know, and I, and I always kind of resented that it was just story of my life (laughs) rearranged, (laughs) especially after they did, uh, sick Sick boy Boy. on the lap, you know, on, on, on the EP above, you know, or previously like come on dude like or the, it was, excuse me it was on the b-sides right right, but right. Like, i gotcha how much are you gonna borrow yeah go on <laughs> there you go. so <laughs> so we get the single from the album responsibility um what's that yeah exactly what's that uh <laughs> you know when i hit when it hit my 19 20 year old self uh it just hit me right right in the jugular uh again mm-hmm. you know to parallel this with costello's radio radio the intro i kind of got like that little riff they were kind of trying to do the same uh i think it's a good like bubblegum pop punk song uh, sure. i find enjoyment still listening to this mark what say you i think it's one of the better songs of this period and probably of their catalog it, it's got that classic sound and it captures that teenage angst very well i also don't really hear radio radio in the intro but it, i definitely found some moments of it throughout the chorus uh there's some some uh like keyboard or organ in there that kind of does like you can tell that they were using similar chords and and, and structures and things of that nature yeah. so it's um it's definitely there um and i think mike was doing a little bit in his vocal delivery to sound a little bit to deliver the way costello does on a song like radio radio right so uh, i think it was great um like it's i said not, it's probably, a good single yeah i i did have this earworm i, I mentioned it to you while i was kind of really going through these I feel like there's somebody else who's used that responsibility. What's that? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we kind of dug around and I couldn't find what it was. And it might have just been hearing a different version of this, maybe a live version that I liked better, but I just can't find it off the top of my head. Um, you know, they put out so many releases. It, it might so just many. be a weird thing within my brain where, yeah. And if you've listened to the show long enough, you know, nothing in my brain works. Right. So <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, another song that I, I always liked, um, and I think the reason why is because I got it like on a, an advanced like uh, tape, right? so I used to listen to it Ooh. a lot. Uh, it's two whole years. Mark, what do you think? Do you think it's an underrated pop punk tune or just like a throwaway song? It's a bit of both for me, Frank. Um, the harmonies here are are really clean, and they do a great job with them. Lyrically, it's clear a teenager wrote them. Um <laughs> They contradict a bit. He's just kind of a terrible person. Um, and we've been too forgiving with him this far. Uh, either way, it's not for me. Without you is the next one. I bring that up because Stefan Egerton plays guitar on this. And I know he's mm-hmm. part of a band we so love. So, Mark, what do you think? Um, does he add his little flair to the song? You really hear it in the intro for it and the, the outro mostly. You really get that kind of very like uh, early period or later period, all later period descendants. Totally. You know, the musicality of the band's really never been an issue for me. So it's cool that Stefan is is doing a guest spot here, but it doesn't add a whole lot other than those kind of the beginning and end where you can really kind of distinguish that it's him. Um, I could see why they would want to put him 
uh, on this, you know, very descendant sounding song, uh, which I'm sure, you know, his guitar tone helps with a little bit. Yes. Uh, but since they, they've always come across as kind of de- wanting to be the descendants little brother, it's not really anything new or different. It just right. kind of, you know, like, oh, hey, you know, and it's it would have been cool if it, you know, I, I would have preferred to see them do um, a Bill Stevenson song or a uh, or a Carl Alvarez song, let, let one of them write you a really cool song mm-hmm. and then put the music to it. And I think that would have been cooler than having uh, Stefan Egerton. Not that he's a bad guitarist or not that he doesn't contribute beautifully. It just didn't add anything to me. Like it, it, short of you telling it, I hadn't noticed. Well, he, he could have been on any other track on this album. Right. And we would have been right. like, Oh, okay. Um, an interesting track I always felt from them was the closer from, from the album was misplaced memories. Um, I, I think it was different. I, I do think it's different and it's mature from what they've done up into this point. Mark, Mark, what, what do you think here? Yeah. Musically it reminds me uh, a little bit of the, the theme fiasco as they don't tie themselves to either the pop punk sound or the hardcore sound. Um, this one is, is tough, right? Cause I don't want to beat up a dude uh, who, you know, when he wrote the song when he was 20 right that was like half his lifetime ago now yeah the song has all the earmarks of being written by a teenage dude who isn't good at communicating yet right right? it's like Uh, just learning how to you know yeah if you handed me these lyrics and and i'd want to talk to you about them um what you perceive to be the choices you can could or should make uh and see if you still uh stand behind the the words you wrote that's the approach i would take because this um I don't know if a 19 year old or 20 year old uh, might got that. And it, it's kind of a bummer because I, I want to think of them as better as a better band, but what's on the record is what's on the record. And it's, it's not great slash not good slash kind of terrible. Um, and by not great, I mean, I, I hope Mike is better at communicating his feelings and understanding that he's alone in his responsibilities for his actions. Yeah. This is one of those things like if, if this poem fell out of one of your daughter's first boyfriend's backpacks, right. I'd throw the kid literally right out the door. Right. Because there's a problem with his understanding of choices. Right. Right. So, yeah. but otherwise it's a cool song. Yeah, I mean, musically it's kind of a little different. <laughs> <It's cool. laughs> and you're yeah. right. You do you do take things way too seriously. <laughs> I do take things way too seriously. But like I said, I, I, I don't want to beat Mike up because look, that was 20 years ago, right? And a lot of these songs, yeah, are that are, are are that right? They're they're coming from the mind of of somebody who's nineteen and twenty. The time years capsules. Old. It's a time well, capsule almost. It you certainly know? is. I look, dude. Uh, God forbid anybody found one of my poetry books from when I was in poetry club in high school, right? I'd I'd either be shot or laughed at. So sure, I get it. He's doing a great job, but at the same time, yeah. the, the context of a lot of these songs, which I think a lot of people. Uh, he was able to get away with not being quite so um, responsible for his words because What's I think that? I, I think a lot of people had written them off as either jokes or had seen like, oh, well, they're just this like Christian band. They won't say anything like terrifying. Um, you know, I don't know. I you know, I think at some point the Christian thing has to be in the rearview mirror because there's nothing even on this record. In well, oh, no, yeah, but I, I'm talking yeah. about the the past they got in terms of people reading into it or worrying about the content of it because they had that in their past. Well, I think that's right. Yeah. I think it has to do with that, the age, like you said, and, and kind of these things, you know, it's interesting too, because like you, Mark, I, I do 
like everything to be on on a more serious nature because that's that's like we're kind of like fun on the outside but inside i say that but i love me first and then give me give me right right and and my wife's been really helping me being like you know what sometimes frank you have to just listen to these things and enjoy them for what they yeah. are you could have your time for the serious nature you know stuff and sit in your corner and listen to your tom waits but you know, <laughs> she's like there's some good <laughs> in the corner and listen to your tom waits <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. Hey, look, my wife does it to me too. I'm just not gonna out the bands. This is yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I love Tom White, so really, do. yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, Mark. So, anything else you want to highlight on this album? What do you, what do what do you think about it overall? <laughs> yeah, the more polished sound doesn't really work uh, against them at all. I wish they. Uh, had more time between the albums uh to grow and work on songwriting but that said it's it's not it's not a train wreck by any stretch of the imagination sure. or anything uh it's just very you know it's it, it's like most of their records it's just kind of a pinpoint right in time like on the, the the musical map of time this is exactly where they were this is exactly what pop punk sounded like and this was if you see the cover of this you know without a doubt that it came from the year 2000 yeah good point you're bringing up on on so many facets you could really pinpoint the time if you know know, music the way i think at least to to the amount the extent that we do you know not saying we are encyclopedias but if you've been around in our similar ages you could really pinpoint this and be like okay that was late 90s early 2000s for sure yeah yeah all right so like slowly you know again i'm 1920 uh this album it it gets in the feels you know it's that Mm -hmm. pop punk that um not everyone uh, at the time uh that not everyone knew at the time because like blink was so huge. Right. So right. you were more than okay. Claiming that you were an MXPX fan during this when blink was like exploding. Uh, they're still really young here. And this is when their exposure and their net even got wider. It's way more polished than slowly going away and way more mainstream sounding for sure. You can tell their influences here, although they carry that trademark simplicity. I think they were able to give us some catchy numbers and some unexpected ones like the last track. I wouldn't say this is like the Sistine Chapel by any means, but it, again, as I could hear my wife saying, it's not supposed to be it's just kids in right. their tender years enjoying themselves. So, you know, that that's, that is what it is. Um, so Mark, we get another EP in 2001, this time released <laughs> on fat. <laughs> which is funny, <laughs> which it is really just always, is. it's just always funny to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the title is the Renaissance EP and judging by the name, I'm sure it's them trying to go back uh, maybe a little harder and faster roots. Uh, now the, I feel the recording quality is pretty poor. If you ask me, it sounds muffled, but th- there's some cool tracks here. Uh, Letting go time will tell the struggle, the poppy song, the opposite and the sequel uh, to slowly going the way of the Buffalo's party. And the song's called party two. So Mark, mm. two questions. Did you like this uh-huh. throwback and do all your movies have the coolest parties? Like the cable guys say anything, some kind of wonderful and grease. I do love a good uh, movie party, like uh, that rad party from Anchorman. Yes. Remember Cannibal? (laughs) Um, Sound quality aside, this may be one of the better releases for this time period, uh, time frame for me. Uh, I really like uh, kind. uh, uh, It's really weird. (laughs) It's really kind of a weird. Uh, that it's it's it really is kind of weird that it's on fat <laughs> jesus christ dude. It it's dope. been a day um but it doesn't sound like the label had too much say um 
in what they put out, at least from listening to the EP, it doesn't sound that way. Um, I like that they've taken some chances here, stepping away from that sound everyone knows uh, is, a, is a scary concept, but they really stretch themselves uh, on a few of these tracks, and I think we're all better for it, or at least the band is. Um, I would have, uh, it would have been cool uh, if this record quality had been better. Uh, right. But I kind of dig it. Like, I kind of like that it sounds like they just recorded this fucking thing in their garage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Mark, with that, you know, it completes our, our period piece, so to speak. Oh, um, what happens after this is more <laughs> consistent releases. I think that's just the nature of the band. Uh, to sum it up, you get uh, the next record, which is a super poppy major label backing before everything and after, which falls short and in every aspect uh, as you could imagine, that came out in 2003. You get a return to form with Panic in, in 2005, which is actually on side one uh, dummy. Uh, and then another B-Sides record. You get three more studio albums, a cover record, acoustic versions, the re-recording of life in general. Um, to sum up my thoughts here, Mark. Please. Uh, the band, when I was 1920, they meant a lot to me. I grew out of them along the way, but I always kept my eye on them for future uh, releases. I enjoyed this time frame the most, right? As it captures the bridge between the band being very young and maybe the coming of age. Um, granted, after this uh, period, it, it's comprised of middle of the road releases. However, one thing that can't be taken away is the band's ability to stay current and relevant uh, to their fan base. Um, the, the this is the only thing the guys have ever known. They graduated high school and then they're they're in a band. Like that's it. That that's all they've ever known, uh, and they maintain their independence. Um, so if you see them online, they're always doing something to deliver to the fans. Um, while they may never reach that period to me uh, of this time frame, I can respect the fact that they made it this far. Uh, Mark, your final thoughts before we play a little game. Ooh, yeah, this uh, has always Ooh. been a band. I'm I'm kind of conflicted about. If you guys haven't picked that up yet. Um, uh, my wife or Frank here <laughs> can tell you that I tend to take things way too seriously. What? Uh, which, yeah. Yeah. Which is a wildly weird position to be in uh, when you're listening to records written by teenagers. Okay. Yes. Um, they still figure out uh, the world. Uh, excuse me. They're still figuring out the world. And it's, it's hard to suggest that they couldn't have known better because really they probably couldn't have known better. They were kids. Um, so that said, uh, I feel basically the same as when we started. Um, there are some cool songs here. Uh, the band has really done some really interesting work. I admire their musicianship uh, and wish we could have pulled off that sound uh, when we were in a band. But it's such a part <laughs> of them that um, it would have sounded like a hollow imitation, much like right. their covers do. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but don't care. Uh, for I, And I still don't. I don't care for... Uh, my career is singing or his lyrics i've tried listening to his podcast i find him insanely annoying um but at the same time you know what the dude plays uh, a hell of a bass uh he's been around the world he's uh had some great songs some great times uh you know what they're they're a fun band don't let me not liking them stop you from checking them out because i i do think uh anything from this time period is worth at least listening to because there's such an institution in the pop punk world yeah yeah it's so true and, and Mark, let's kind of really then we could uh, set the bar here. We're going to do a little mm -hmm. game. So it's, sure. this kind of acts as our, our list. This game is called MXPX or, and we're going to take a look at uh, 10 contemporaries or other pop punk bands. Uh -huh. And we're going to see if both of us like them better. Now to note, obviously we're admitting uh, things like, uh, or bands like Descendants, obviously, and, and Green Day. I think we're both fair to say we like 
both of those bands, right? Yeah. Better. better. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So, Mark, I'm going to say them, and then we're both going to say what our thoughts are. You ready? Sure. All right. So the first one is MXPX or Blink-182. Mark? Uh, MXPX. Same here. Yeah. 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 It, look, it, Blink is a different kind of pop punk, right? It's a little bit more polished. It's a little bit more intentionally jokey. And while I'm yes. not care for Mike Herrera's uh, kind of woe is me, I'm too good looking for my own good uh, teenage boy bullshit. At least he was being, uh, I don't want to say that they weren't being genuine, but at least he was just writing from the heart, right? And right. Sometimes you look like a weirdo teenage boy, but you know what? At least you're you're being yourself and I can respect that. Yeah, yeah, totally. And in my world, I only think Blink has ever had two decent albums with it being Dude Ranch and the one that got them big. And after that, I mean, I, I, I think they just rode the coattails of that, you know? So All right. um, next is MXPX or the Ataris. Ooh. Um, and they're both friends. Chris Rowe from the Ataris and Mike Herrera are buddies. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of a tie for me. Um, I might lean a little heavier towards the Ataris just because I feel like the content, uh, is a little bit more mature. It speaks to me a little bit more in that um, in that kind of sense. But at the same time, I kind of like the sound of MXPX yeah. a little better than I like the sound of the Atari. So it's kind of a tie for me. Yeah, I actually, I think, I'm not just agreeing. I think the same. Uh, the Ataris uh, were eventually screwed by a major ra- uh, major label, which kind of uh, decimated the fan base a little bit. So, I, I, you know, it's a, I think it's an unfortunate story, which we'll have to look into at some point, but yeah, I could, I could take both bands and, you know, listen to them and they're kind of on the same, same level. Sure. Uh, next mark is MXPX or newfound glory. MXPX all day. Yeah. Same here. I never got <laughs> listen to one of our previous episodes. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, I never got newfound glory and yeah, I still don't get newfound glory. Okay. Next. Um, mxpx or face-to-face Ooh, uh face-to-face i think um i'm with you on face-to-face i like the sound i like the um you know the vocal delivery trevor's vocals trevor's vocals and and again a content i connected to uh on a much more personal level right it, it felt more serious and again universal yeah and it was one of those things i think you know if you look at, for for the most part you know frank and i really come into our own in the the late nineties, early two thousands musically yeah. where we're starting to understand what we like. I think for me, it was easier to gravitate towards a band like face to face. That was more mature rather than a band like MXPX, where I felt like those are the kids in the grade underneath me. Why am I listening to their <laughs> band? Um, so yeah. Tre- Trevor why. Keith and face to face always looked like he was like 40, you know? So yeah. he's kind of like, yeah, he was born like 40. Though. <laughs> he, <was> born. <laughs> he does look, he does have that look about him. Not, Hey, look, nothing against him. He's a good looking dude. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, and, but it's just one of those things I can't possibly, like, even when you watch videos of him younger, he just looks the same. He always seemed mature, like kind yeah. of just, yeah. It's yeah, just so. a younger outfit. Yeah, exactly. Or he wore a lot of bowling shirts. Man, he did. I'm, I'm so sorry that was a, f- we both went through that, didn't we? The button ups. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had some awful button ups. Same here. Yeah. Same here. I still think he, you know, he kind of looks like Michael Madsen from. <laughs> from Free Willy. Yeah, oh, there you go. I was going to say. Uh, reservoir dogs but free, free i know Willy, i know people like to forget that michael madsen was in free Willy, i know i know he was. and i refuse to let the world <laughs> all right mark next is mxpx or some 41 you know i kind of liked that some 41 first album when it dropped fat lip was kind of fun right it did a little bit of rap they were they talked about like that it was okay to like 
metal metal and rap. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but I think overall, I think I'd rather listen to MXPX. Like if yeah. if we're going Same to here. a show, I'd rather right. go to see MXPX. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Mm-hmm. Mark MXPX or oh, Good Charlotte. <laughs> MXPX, Frank. Um, I I never got into Good Charlotte. I it's, same here. It's it's when pop punk hit that overproduced sound. Um, I feel like that's how you describe Good Charlotte, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It never has uh, pop punk sounded more like cashing in than than thank than you, Good Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. lifestyles of rich and the famous. Yeah, thank you. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Next is MXPX or Fallout Boy. Um, yep. MXPX. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you anything about fallout boy. I know mm. that they were popular. I know that girls like them. Um, my daughter likes them. Yeah. I couldn't tell you anything about them. Uh, MXPX it is. Yeah. <laughs> MXPX or saves the day. Uh, you know, I'm going to go, uh, MXPX again, musically. I like what they were doing better. Uh, saves the day. Always felt a little whiny to me. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I take MXPX too. Mm-hmm. Uh, MXPX or I know the answer to this one. Mm-hmm. Alkaline Trio. Oh, Alkaline Trio all day, all day long. Day. Yeah. Same uh, yeah. Same uh, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, the only real way that this is even a competition is if we're talking like if we just line their last albums up and you go, all right, which one of their worst albums? <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Is better than the other one. Otherwise, I mean, like you know, you get that early, uh, you know, late nineties, early 2000 alkaline trio. Oh, it's so good. You know, if you're talking 98 through, through Oh one alkaline trio decimates them out of the water every time. I don't know if it's sunk or just blown to smithereens, but. And you know, it's pop in the sense where the music is popular, but I always Mm -hmm. felt like, you know, alkaline trio really, um, I mean, it, it's it's punk, you know. To me, it, it's punk, mm-hmm. you know, mixed with obviously the the kind of the the red, white, and black flair of the gothic stuff. But totally different ball game again. Mm-hmm. And I we've we've referenced, I think, uh, although it was a cash grab, Matt and Blink, uh, just yeah. So yeah. All right, last one, Mark. Uh, MXPX or Jawbreaker? Ooh, great question. Uh, I think I'm probably going to lean closer to Jawbreaker, mm. just because I like the maturity of the songs. I really right. felt like. Um, I like that kind of that, that a little bit more of that post-punk sound uh, as opposed to MXPX's uh, pop-punk sound uh, and the, the maturity there. Um, again, if, if that were if they were playing with each other, uh, I wouldn't be disappointed. I'd stick sure. around the whole show. That that'd be a fun show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like I like I like Dear You. I I mean, mm-hmm. everyone likes Dear You, but um, you know, I like the song Fireman a lot too. I think that was my first. Uh, introduction into Jawbreaker. Sure. Uh, I get annoyed when I constantly get um, suggested Jets to Brazil, though. That's just me. (laughs) I'm like, what bands can you suggest Jets to Brazil? I'm like, again, again. I, you know, maybe we have to revisit them. I'm not overly, you know. I'm with you. I feel like maybe we missed something, but I'm feeling like like, I missed something. We both called out a sick, we both called out out of school sick on the Jets to Brazil day, (laughs) and we just missed it. Um, (laughs) It's one of those, and I can't, I honestly can't tell you yeah. what it is about them. I don't like, I, it just doesn't work. Doesn't connect. Right. It doesn't, but connect. it's been so long since I've even tried that. Who knows? Maybe I'll like it now. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So Mark out of the 10, just so you know, mm-hmm. uh, we have here one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times where we both selected MXPX over the band. Nice. Uh, two where we selected the other band and one tie. So, you know, Again, obviously, you could stack up these bands and be like, oh, well, you know, 
you know, maybe they're also some of them were kind of in that mediocre stance. But you know, I think we I'm sorry, three times we picked the band over because face to face was the other one. Mm. But, you know, obviously, then there are some bands that we do prefer MXPX over for sure. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What an episode, man. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm glad this is over. Uh, I hope <laughs> everyone enjoyed these years and review style for the show. Uh, Mark, why don't you tell everybody what's next? My pleasure, buddy. Next week, we're digging out our dancing shoes as we go uh, to dive deep into Joe Jackson's 1979 release, Look Sharp. Gotta look sharp. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I can't wait to talk about it in more detail. I own the vinyl. Uh, It's cool. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm stoked for it. So, everyone, be sure to like, subscribe, suggest, review. Uh, Of course, thank you for listening all and stay safe. Yeah, remember to be nice to Frank while you're yelling about what an idiot I am about MXPX. Yeah, please. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, say it with me now. Oh, my, my. Oh, hell yes. Oh, bye-bye.